Hello and welcome to Coexisting. It's 2020, and due to the coronavirus making its way across the world, we find our towns and cities in lockdown in an effort to slow the pandemic. Quite apart from the COVID headlines filling our screens, I was curious to hear how people were living day to day. So, I asked the same eight questions to people in different countries to get a glimpse of their lives during their version of Shelter at Home. The questions I ask cover life right now as that person is living it. What day of shelter are you on? What are the rules in place? What is it like in the streets where you live? What practical advice has helped you at this time? What is your most memorable moment? And what would you say to someone who is feeling low today? It's part information, part human story archive, but mainly trying to get an uplifting bent on this insane situation we find ourselves in. And at the same time, preserving these memories in audio. Memories that will, in a very few short months, be forgotten. So, plug in those headphones or that speaker, grab a cup of tea or a glass of the good stuff and take a seat. This is Coexisting. Hello, I'm John. I'm speaking from London and I am a father of two children, a nine-year-old boy and a seven-year-old girl, and I'm a husband and I work as an actor. We are at the beginning of week five of Shelter at Home. I'm sheltering with my wife and my two children. So yes, I work as an actor and that has fundamentally been changed, obviously, by COVID-19. A month ago, when it began, I was halfway through a contract with the BBC as part of their radio drama company. So we record a play a week or we work for the news, doing voices for the news and for the any voices that need doing for documentaries to the BBC. And a month ago, I was in a studio with about six other actors around a microphone. And finally, they said, yeah, you've got to get out. Uh, we can't do this anymore. <laughs> Try to socially distance yourself. Six people around one microphone is not possible. So that was that. We were sent home. And so, yeah, fundamentally, it has stopped. Although, actually, I'm still with them, Radio Drama Company, because I'm still doing some voices from home for them. But, yeah, fundamentally, our ability to record plays was stopped. For most of my friends who are in work, in rehearsal rooms or in plays, it's stopped. For friends who are recording television, it's stopped. As in many other professions, the work has stopped. As well as being that time, I do a lot of voiceovers. So a couple of years ago, I'd set myself up with a home studio so that when I went, in fact, I did it so that when I went abroad on holiday, instead of having to worry and stress about coming home or worry and stress about losing work, I had a little portable studio. So I'd already set myself up for being able to work remotely. So... A month ago, I was one of the very few, well, I felt like at the, at the time, I was one of the very few people in a position to say, it's okay, I can keep recording. So my voiceovers have continued, although it's far less. And, and I was able to tell the BBC that if anything needed doing from home, that I could do it at the quality of the sound, the studio quality. And so, yeah, so I've continued to voice both for BBC News and BBC Documentaries. I feel so sorry for the archers. Yeah, they record, like <laughs> anyone who records, I suppose with the archers or with EastEnders or with any ongoing series because they record, I think between 
two to three months ahead of schedule. So although they can, particularly I know that they'll often try and put music, contemporary music, so whatever's in the charts in EastEnders or the Archers, they'll try and put music behind it just to make it feel like it was done yesterday. That's the only way that they can contemporize something. So although they try and stay as up-to-date as possible, they can't be that up-to-date. And so now I think poor Archers has stopped. In fact, I think it stops next week. And for, I think, two or three weeks, they're putting out classic Archers, like Archers Gold from over the years. The cast, I think, are going to record remotely, so they're going to record from home. I don't know how far they'll push it, because, again, how do you do a fast-moving story like COVID? <laughs> even, I mean, even if you recorded something next week, it would kind of, I feel like it would almost be out of date already. So we will begin, I think the Archers will begin to talk about COVID in about three weeks or something like that. Bits of me wishes it should stay that way. That it's quite nice having this parallel universe where it's all fine and we never went through this and people weren't dying. <laughs> you know, it's a bit like sliding doors, as if it's the month you didn't have. For all of us, it's given us a life that we would never have experienced without it. Horrific though it is. What's been extraordinary about the last month is that London has been bathed in sunlight. It has been the most extraordinary month. It's been hot and beautiful. So I'm looking out at half past six in London. So the sun is just gently going down. So it's a beautiful evening. The trees are sort of dappled and there's not a, a cloud in the sky. There's not a plane in the sky. London's the quality of air is extraordinary, it seems to me. It might be my imagination. But yeah, it's a beautiful evening. I'm looking on to the back of the houses on the street opposite and I'm sitting at the top of our house in our little office and yeah, it's a beautiful evening and the bird song is quietening but it's been very prevalent throughout the last month as well. The rules for shelter at home are we are allowed out for obviously shopping and for pharmacy trips and for exercise and family groups may walk out together and go for walks together for an hour, but that's it. Obviously we are social distancing, so we're all two metres apart from each other. On the streets around us, I know it depends when you go out. There are moments when it is, of course, silent and empty, but it can occasionally feel like a sort of, it, it feels like a quiet Sunday. It feels like a sort of lazy Sunday after everyone's had a big night. You know, only a few of us are up. It, it certainly is for the morning, I think, that it feels like that. But then I feel almost like the day wears on that people start to just sort of suddenly emerge and it can get busier. It's never been appalling, but it can feel that sort of way that a lazy Sunday does where there's enough people on the streets, there's enough people to acknowledge that people can keep their distance from each other. But rarely around us has it ever felt so silent that you felt that it's been odd. It did perhaps in the first week, but since then it's been, um, it's amazing how much people need to eat. It's amazing how much the world revolves around food now and meal times. And so as we all, you know, we're surrounded, I suppose, unlike other people, we're surrounded by so many shops around us. So that it's just as people, I'd love to have an aerial shot as you watch people sort of snake out to the shops, queue, come back to the shops. It's just these snail trails. The great memorable moments of this, I think, have been the Thursday nights at eight o'clock when everyone has come out to clap, obviously for the NHS, but also for all the other frontline workers, for teachers and for delivery drivers and for the guys working in the shops. And So the, the NHS being our national health service in the UK, 
But I do remember on the first night, almost, uh, would we really all go on our, be there on our doorsteps that we kind of think it was a wonderful idea, but but watch other people doing it, as opposed to doing it ourselves. And I remember suddenly, me and the, my wife and the kids were sort of poised. And then this wave of sound came from outside. And we opened the door and there was the entire street. I'd never seen half the people who lived on my street. And... There they were. And then the most beautiful thing was people waving at each other. People, so the, the fact that you had, had emerged out of your houses and they would wave and people were shouting, you okay? And you're all right. And so there was this sort of, this check-in with each other. So it wasn't just about the thank yous, which of course it massively is about, but it's also just about witnessing each other and seeing each other okay and connecting with each other. And I found that all that deeply moving and I find it deeply moving every week, this wall of sound that begins at eight o'clock. And then last week, it was then sort of compounded by, again, one of the houses just along the road, three doors down on the other side of the road from us. And word had got about, because a wonderful Italian woman who lives two doors down from us had uh, started to put together a WhatsApp group for our street. The first time our street's ever had a WhatsApp group. And now the whole street is connected by a WhatsApp group. And she'd organized with these guys in this across the road who are music students that after the clap she had arranged that the boys would sing and so we all finished clapping and the boys came out and they sang a cappella a four-part harmony of somewhere over the rainbow and it killed us all it was just beautiful it killed us and rapturous applause and in we went. And now, we they, actually last week, that, that was two weeks ago, last week they didn't do it, much to all of our disappointment. So we've all demanded that next week they're back on. But I know it's a common thing. And maybe that's one of the most extraordinary things about this is how so many of us are experiencing similar things in our communities across the globe. This global family sort of having been suffering in the same way and finding similar ways to cope. But yeah, that it comes down to, when it happens on your local level, on your doorstep, I don't know any of my neighbours, but I'm beginning to know them. And of course, I hope that's one of the things that will continue afterwards, that those connections that we've made, uh, that we don't all hide away into our quiet private homes, that actually those connections are continue. And that WhatsApp group, at least the WhatsApp group will continue, at the very least. So in terms of advice, I suspect, well, it's partly because I've got two kids, but it's been making sure that we, I mean, even if it's just, even if you're just busy making plans, me and my wife, there's nothing my wife and I love more than sitting around the kitchen table over a very long breakfast, pontificating about what we shall do today and coming up with a plan that can be absolutely destroyed. It may not, and never happen, but at least having the sense that today has a bit of a plan around it, a bit of a purpose, a bit of a shape, even if that shape ends up never happening. There's always something about a plan. I have to say also that, this hour, it's through this hour of getting out of the house. I think I've been on more walks with my wife and kids in the last month than I've ever been on. You realise, and I know this isn't the same in every country, but there's something extraordinary about coming home. And so there's something about getting out to be able to come home that's invaluable. I think our home's been a great friend to us. I love coming home to it. There's something about making sure that it doesn't become your, your place you're trapped in. Even, even if that's to walk out for it just momentarily, to walk back into it. That kind of works for us. If someone's feeling a little low today, I realise that there's so many different ways that people are experiencing this. And of course, for some people, it's appalling. And whether that's because of something that's happening to themselves and to their own health or family or, their, or family members. And I realise that people are experiencing this in a real variety of ways. 
But I think there is something about this connectedness of us all, that we're all experiencing it, and that it will be over. <laughs> and we've been through, it's interesting looking at it historically through 1918 and so on and so forth, that we can adapt, that we do adapt, it's really good for us to adapt, <laughs> and that we will, if there's one thing that about us and why we've continued to survive, is that we grow and we change and we make sure that we, we adapt. And so I suppose the one thing that I realise as the conversation here begins to turn to plans to, to come out of lockdown, I was looking back because I knew that I was talking to you about this and I was looking back in the last four weeks and I realised I started to forget bits about it. And I think there's a danger in forgetting it. And there is maybe a danger for all of us and that it was just a bump in the road and that we all go back to normal. So maybe in some ways, being low about it is the right thing to do, that everyone experiences great highs, I suppose great highs sometimes, and enormous lows. It's incredible the mood shifts that certainly I've experienced. But in those low times, to think about what is it that I'm experiencing, what is it that, and to try to remember it, I guess, so that when we look back on it, we remember what happened, we remember how we felt, and we remember that when we get out of this, what to appreciate about when we get out of it. Thank you for listening to Coexisting. If you've enjoyed this episode and would like to hear the story unfold, I would be grateful if you could share this with a friend and subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts. That way that many more people will find us. <laughs>